Hi there and welcome to the second row of the 30 30 minute row series. Now today's is going to be a low intensity, low stroke rate workout which will give you a chance to boost your fitness and work on your technique because we're just going to row at 18 strokes a minute for 30 minutes. Now I'll talk more about pace during the warm-up so we might as well get straight into that and as always we have to set up our machine first every single time. So on the concept two, go to your drag factor and set that to where you want it to be. If you don't know about drag factor, set it somewhere between four and five. If you're on a non-concept two, just set your resistance you get a nice feel from the stroke but you don't have to heave against it okay next up if you can set your monitor to eye height and if you can please set your foot stretcher height so that as you come forwards to the front of the stroke your shins point vertically comfortably okay if you're too high it might get a bit tricky too low you might go scooting past and it all binds up your toes and things so this warm-up we're going to do start around about 20 strokes a minute and i just want you to think about enough power to get things moving almost like you're just standing up from a squat and We'll worry about increasing power after about a minute okay so here we go then in three two one let's go so like i say it's just like standing up for the time being because all i want you to do is think about when your feet push and when your handle connects to the machine you want them both to be at the same time you don't want to be pulling and then missing the legs you don't want to be scooting the legs out and then pulling with the arms you want both to happen at the same time hands connect to the front as your feet push into the machine okay now as you're working on that timing start to increase the power a little bit the effort is kind of five out of ten you're looking for here which means nothing <laughs> So, I've started to say it's kind of like if you were continuously walking upstairs, okay? That way when you start to get out of breath, your heart rate's up, but you're still able to have a conversation with the person next to you. You might have to stop from time to time for them to talk and you can catch your breath, but it doesn't feel like you can't keep going. And that is the intensity I want you to row this warm-up at and there's also the intensity of today's actual main row. So 18 strokes a minute, your heart rate should be up a little bit, your breathing rate should be up, but it shouldn't feel taxing. You need to still feel like you're working, that's important. You're not just tickling the machine, but not so hard that you can't continue. For folks on the 2K training pace, this means run about 2K plus 20 to 22 okay right three strokes time we're going to put one foot on the ground last one so take a foot out put it on the ground continue rowing and try to keep your technique kind of okay when you're doing this so you tilt over your hips in towards the front of the machine with straight arms then push with the leg holding that forward tilt and straight arms only swing when your leg is halfway through its push last one here and let's swap feet one goes in one goes out continue rowing so straight arms push and you only pull at the back of the stroke okay at the front of the machine you're just hanging off the stroke so you keep it nice and straight feel that power from your leg going into the machine and then only here 
do I finally pull with the arms, okay? Last stroke here, and let's put both feet back in. Don't worry about strapping, tighten the straps. Keep your legs straight and roll with your back and arms. So that means swinging from forwards to backwards with your back, then you start that swing, and then you pull in your arms. So swing, pull, then out with your arms, and then swing forwards again. Or rock, let's just say rock. Let's start saying rock instead of swing, John. So you rock back, then pull in your arms, then out with the arms, rock forwards. Last one here. Let's go to the front, tighten your straps on the way, and then we're gonna have our arms straight and that forwards tilt, and just press out from the front, lightly. Because all I want you to think about here is the connection timing between feet and hands, but also keeping those arms straight and the forwards tilt as you push out with the legs. This is so important to maintain that forward tilt as you push the power into the machine. Whoosh, and we're done. So I'm gonna do the same thing that we're gonna do through all 30 of these workouts, where this is a brand new warm up, but then I'm gonna replay last year's main row. And then I'm gonna pop up at the end for the cool down and stretching. So uh, get yourself just locked into the, the rhythm and the motion of what is a fantastic row. But anyway, so just to recap, what we're doing today is 30 minutes at 18 strokes per minute. And your pace is going to be 2K plus 20 to 22. And then try and stick to it for the whole 30 minutes, okay? Right, let's get into this then. Three, two, one, go. Right, so you may be wondering why I have my feet out of the straps. The truth is that rowing strapless is an incredible way to tidy up various gremlins with your technique, or at least with my technique. I won't throw you into this. <laughs> so it's kind of like if your technique was hair, <laughs> then sometimes your hair can get a bit tangled, a bit messed up. You've had a tough night out, need a bit of a, a bit of attention to sort out what's going on up there. And then you row with your feet out of the straps for a while. And that's like running a really super comb through your hair. Everything starts to fall into place as if by magic. And the truth is, is because with your feet out of the straps, you can't get lazy. Because it's really easy to not think about, especially the finish of the stroke and getting your legs fully down and all that power into the machine. If you just flick your feet up against the straps, you can stop any excess momentum that's going backwards by flicking your feet up. 
but without your feet in the straps if you haven't put all of the power into the machine and you don't stop at the back of the stroke with a braced core and a relatively good posture then you fall off the back of the machine so for a start what it means that my leg drive is full F-U-L-L not F-O-O-L I'm a fool my leg drive is full <laughs> so it means I'm getting my legs down by the end of the stroke toes are pointing towards the front of the machine rather than flicking against the straps and pointing up to the ceiling which isn't good and also by your legs being all the way down you know you've got all of the available power from your legs has gone in to the machine but it also means that you can get the timing right that you know that your legs are done you don't have that extra momentum flying backwards so your legs finish and then like a fraction of a second later we're not talking ages but a fraction of a second after your legs finish your back comes in to its backward lean and then finally your hands come to pull into a finish and by doing it in that sequence you know that all of that power and momentum has gone into the machine whereas it's really easy to cheat when your feet are in the straps and it's kind of the don't want to be too rude about gym goers but it's one of the more popular techniques that you'll see at a gym is when people kind of finish early with the legs slump forwards, bend their knees and kind of, in fact I almost fell, almost fell off the back of the machine I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to demonstrate what they do but by kind of finishing with their back first and then raising their knees too early tugging on the foot straps to pull themselves forwards again they're all over the place and I often get asked by people to help with them with their stroke rate be it that they're unable to row at these low stroke rates 
or they're unable to row at the faster high the faster higher stroke rates and pretty much nine out of ten times it's to do with them having quite poor stroke rhythm and again nine out of ten times that's because they're tugging their feet on the foot straps and kind of jerking up and down the machine instead of flowing from phase to phase and trust me if you're rowing with your feet out of the straps you have to have this flow because either as I say you're running the risk of falling off the back of the machine or if you don't have the flow to return you back to the front of the machine again you're kind of beached at the back if you're so used to flicking your feet to tug yourself to the front when you don't have your straps how do you get forwards and so that's all done by flow of your body shifting your momentum forwards and then backwards and forwards backwards forwards and using your legs and your back and your arms and then your arms your back and your legs to get you up and down the machine and once you learn that any stroke rate is within your reach I think the highest rate I've ever managed is 60 that's one stroke per second admittedly I think it's probably quite a short slide so I wasn't recovering the whole way forwards but because it's all about momentum backwards and forwards you can actually get your stroke rate up nice and high oh, I'll come back to this stuff in a sec but let's just see where we are so I'm averaging yeah, around about 2k plus 21 kind of bouncing between 20 and 22 to be fair it's when I concentrate on my stroke that I zip up to plus 20 and then when I'm too busy talking to you <laughs> that's when I slip alright so that's our first 10 minutes done now again it's a bit late to be saying this but if you've been 
using ErgZone, which is what the monitor is, then you'll have seen that this session is just the half hour main session as far as you're concerned rather than how I've got it with the warm-up and then main session and cool down but the reason for that well it's twofold number one it means I don't have to sit here adjusting the laptop in between portions of today's row but as far as what you're loading up for day two because it's just a straight 30 minute row it means that when you're finished if you want to you can go on to the Concept2 logbook and rank it against other people. Admittedly, I'm not going to figure at 18 strokes a minute that you're going to be setting the world on fire, but still worth ranking it. But bear in mind, as long as nothing goes terribly wrong this month, there are going to be 30 options to do a 30-minute row, of which some of them are going to be freestyle. And usually what I'm going to push you for is that if you have the energy you do those freestyle rows as time trials and they're the ones that you will want to rank and see how you fare against other people around the world your age, weight, sex, even location the great thing about Concept 2 and the logbook is that actually you can drill your results down into something that you can feel good about. So like my current 500 meter time from a worldwide point of view isn't that great at 131 quite slow but then when I change it to 40 to 49 age bracket I'm suddenly doing a bit better then change it to lightweight I'm doing a lot better and then United Kingdom and I find them kind of run right about top 20 so it's good from a, from an ego boost point of view but remember comparing yourself 
to others is about kind of aspiration, not motivation. What I mean is I can look at some of the 40 to 49 year old lightweight male times for a 2k and they're just too fast for me chances of me being able to get into the six teens so like 612 or something I think those days have sailed unless I can stop work and train full-time so I look at those times as a wow that's amazing and inspiring but I wouldn't use it as a motivation tool because the more I realized that I couldn't reach that pace the less motivating it would be and in fact the more demotivating it would become so I'd be like why bother so it's good to look at other people so that you know that there is a possibility to go a lot faster than you're currently rowing at but You need to also be aware of where you are and just think today I am this fast tomorrow I want to be this plus one fast so as long as you are better tomorrow than you are today that's all that matters and to be honest, if you kept on doing it, pretty soon you would be at that super pacey result. You don't need to think about getting your 2k time a minute faster. It's much easier to think about getting one second faster per week and then if you consistently manage that within a year you're almost there one second a week really isn't that much across a 2k what is <laughs> a big ask is doing a 2k test every week so maybe you look for two seconds every two weeks or even four seconds per month because that's still only an increase of one second per 500 meters so if you did it at two minutes and 15 then four weeks later you only have to row at 2 minutes 14 pace 
and your 2K will be four seconds faster, one second per week. It's simple to look at it that way. These little micro goals, you still wanna have a macro goal at the end of it. Whether that's just, I want to perform better at a competition or whether it's, I want to knock 40 seconds off my 2K time. That's up to you, but set that long-term goal and then chip away at it rather than trying to chase that goal from the start. All right. Let's just row through the last 33 seconds of this 10 minute chunk. And then I'll get back to technique chat. Just as often a good time to bring it up in case things have slipped since the start of the rope. All right, two more strokes and that will be 20 minutes gone. We're doing well. Time is flying. It's always nice, no matter what time you're rowing, when the counter ticks over into single digits, you're like, oh, I'm almost home. And then it's the same with if I'm rowing a distance piece. Once I get to 2K to go, that's when I start to think I'm almost home. But the key is to keep the pace up and not drop off towards the closing stages. And often the pace drops off because your technique has dropped off. So let's spend a few minutes just going over the positions that you should be in. So, front of the machine, right before you take the stroke, it's known as the catch, here. The ideal position is arms straight out in front of you at a neutral height, kind of in line with your sternum really straight and relaxed ready to brace against the power from the stroke but you also want to have a forward tilt of your back over your hips so forward tilt forwards with those straight arms which helps the power come from your legs 
into your arms uninterrupted by your back muscles chin neutral so you're basically this is why I say you have the monitor at eye height so you're just looking straight in front of you keep your chin level I don't want to see you looking up at the sky because what that does is it promotes your back leaning back too soon so keep your eyes forwards and then you slide as far forwards as you can until your shins are pointing vertically no more if you struggle to do that it could be flexibility issues but it could also be your foot stretchers are set too high or it could be your posture so you want to be up on your sit bones nice and powerful as though you've got something in your back pocket that you don't want to break and then that's you in the right position knees slightly apart if you're not knees together as you come forwards you can't really get the power out you wouldn't squat with your knees together so I can align my knees up with my armpits I don't put them in because that would have me slumping in order to tuck them up there we don't want that but in line with my armpits right about wide enough with the knees and it also provides the right amount of compression with that forward tilt and the forwards slide shins are vertical and finally you can then push your legs into the foot plates so think about pushing the machine away from you push don't think about sending yourself backwards in fact just changing my mindset and thinking about pushing the machine away my pace is just naturally increased now you have to hold that forward tilt of your back and the straight arms for at least half of your leg drive so drive and then once you're halfway through your leg drive that's when you swing 
your back from the forward lean into the backward lean. So drive, swing, legs back, and then right after your backswing starts, that's when you finally pull on the handle. You're not pulling on the handle until the back of the stroke. So straight, pull. Straight, pull. And then try to keep your wrists flat as you pull into a close. And if that means a slight outwards flare of your elbows, then that's fine. I don't really advocate coming all the way out like a chicken, but then neither do I advocate sending the elbows right down and then having bunny hands at the back of the stroke. Nor do I really suggest that you finish really high. Okay, try and finish what about sternum heights with a handle? That's enough. And then the handle comes into your chest. And then let your arms just naturally bounce away again. So in, out. Same pace. In, out. Then your arms away trigger that rock back over your hips. And once your hands are past your knees and you're in that forward lean again, all you have to do is bend your knees and you will effortlessly slide to the front of the machine again. Because remember, I'm still not strapped in, so I am not tugging myself forwards with my feet. I'm using the arms away and then rock over my body to shift my weight and momentum onto the front of the seat so that when I do bend my knees, I'm already rolling forwards anyway, or at least my body weight is already moving. And then you just slide to the front, into the catch, do it all again. Just remember the power from the stroke comes from your legs. You don't pull until the back of the stroke. Push, pull. Push, pull. Two more strokes. One more. Good job. So I did I average 205.4, which is 2K plus 20 and a half. So 
So I hope you enjoyed that 30 minute row at 18 strokes a minute. It's a great fitness building workout. It really gets a chance to work on your technique. Now just give it a few seconds and we'll get into a two minute cool down. Now of course, I'm in a completely different outfit. Why? Well, the microphone died on me. I did record a proper uh, cool down and stuff, but because the microphone died, it was all completely mute. So I then had to do some high rocks training later in the day. So I thought I'd just re-record the outro. So this is why I'm in a red t-shirt instead of a blue t-shirt, but it's like you care. Ah. So let's get into that two minute cool down. Now it's important that we had that little break in between because you want your body to kind of settle down a little bit before you then kind of let it help down into its complete stop. So that's why I was flanneling for 30 seconds or so. So we're gonna do this at run about the same, pretty much the same pace actually we're just rowing at, which sounds daft, but trust me, I'll talk to you about that. So here we go then in three, two, one, let's cool down. <laughs> Sounds like the wrong thing to say, doesn't it? Let's cool down. I could be an all kind of gusto, but anyway, anyway, sorry. So what I was kind of referring to is in many ways, you can look at the 30 minute row at 18 strokes a minute and say, it's a low intensity workout. Do I really need to cool down? Do I really need to warm up? Can I not just factor that into my 30 minute workout itself. I mean, you could, but then you'd really only be working at the proper rate and pace for 24 minutes. And I know it's only a six minute difference, but come on, it's also only six minutes. So give yourself that four minute warm up. Make sure your body's moving properly. Make sure you can kind of get into the rhythm when it comes to it. And then just give yourself those two minutes that we're going through now to just let your body settle down. It's like I said, you finish a row, you wait 30 seconds or so, and your body kind of goes, right, what do we just do? Are we stopped? Okay, fine. And then your blood, your heart rate will slow down and blood will kind of go through the muscles, but your muscles could really do with firing just a little bit more to flush themselves out and make sure that they're happy to fire the next day. So even on a low intensity workout like today, it's just important, just physically, but then also mentally. Like I say, holding 18 strokes a minute and holding a pace for 30 minutes, is still mentally taxing. You have to concentrate on it. So this just lets you just ease off and not worry about pace or stroke rate. Okay, so that's me done with the cool down. You, of course, don't have to stop cooling down or I'm about to hit the stretching section. So if you don't have time to stretch, could you please at least take a moment to stretch your quads and your hamstrings and possibly your glutes? Not in the shower, please, because don't to slip and fall. But just if you get a chance when you get, I don't know, back into the house or into the office, just give yourself a little stretch across the quads and the hamstrings, okay? I don't want you to seize up or anything. Uh, other people, you may want to join uh, Stretchy John. He's just always there for us, isn't he? Just up there stretching away. Or you can follow me and I'll do some stretching on the machine. So this is if you don't have space around you like a stretching mat and stuff. So put your feet back into the foot stretchers. Don't tighten the straps up. This should still be loose from you getting out. Okay, and that helps with the angle here as you kind of flick your toes against the straps. Put your hands in the air and fold forwards. Okay, and what that should do is really activate your hamstrings as you go into that fold. Now, if you've bent from the lower back and kind of rounded down, or if you've rounded your upper back, you might not get that. So this is where it's like a fold 
you're bringing your chest down towards your legs, okay? And that should really get you right here in the hamstrings. If it's in your knees, then chances are you're kind of, well, you've probably got locked knees or you've got the angles wrong. If it's more in your kind of, um, you're getting it in your shins, then chances are you've got your, your feet are pointing forwards instead of kind of coming back and helping that stretch. So it's all about getting the angles right. Okay, I'm gonna try and get this the right way around today. Uh, yeah, that way. Okay, so we're gonna do glutes next. So put one leg up on the monorail or whatever you've got in your rowing machine. Uh, put the other leg over it so that the, the ankle kind of fits in the crook of your knee. And then bring this knee across your body so it's in line with your foot in front of you. Okay, does that make sense? Hold it in place with the other arm. Then hold on to the back of the machine for stability. And then rotate round into that glute. It's kind of like you're, you're aiming this rotation down into the, the glute. Hopefully that made sense. Um, but make sure and hold this knee in place. Uh, as you do so, and you should really find you get a nice stretch across here. Now I've just been doing lunges and things as part of the high rocks training, so my <laughs> my glutes are on fire today. So this is really quite nice. <laughs> Swap legs. Ah, oh. uh, there we go. Uh, da, da, da. And then right, so hold the knee in place, rotate round. Now, if you've not heard me talk about the high rock stuff before, I know that there's either new people to the channel or people that are watching this that have maybe not watched the videos where I've talked about high rocks. It's a uh, Kind of like a, I don't know, CrossFit but standardized, if you get what I mean, if that makes any sense. It's like eight one kilometer rows, and then in between each of those, sorry, runs, one kilometer runs, and then in between each of those one kilometer runs, you do some kind of a um, functional fitness thing like rowing or ski or lunges or wall balls or something, and it's just lots of fun. And it's the same all the time. That's what makes it different from CrossFit. Sorry, talking about that rather than stretching. So, I've got off the machine because we're going to do our quads next. I'll just put one finger on the monitor to steady myself. Oh, just as I get there. And then flick your leg back so that your heel is touching your backside. Um, and then if you hold on to kind of the front, the upper part of your foot, rather than the, your toes, you should be able to get a nice kind of pull of your, your heel against your backside um, and get a stretch into that quad. Uh, it also helps if you're not holding on to something, then the kind of the balance workout you get of your foot that you're standing on one leg, it's actually quite quite handy. My balance sucks. <laughs> I'm wobbling all over the place. I just swap legs, see if I can do this without holding on to something. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, I managed. Oh, no. Just as I said, I managed it, I started to fail. But yeah, so same again. Heel up against your backside. Try to get a straight line between your shoulder, your hip, and your knee. Um, posture's kind of important here. If you lean back, then not only could you fall over, um, it, can, it can shift the point of the stretch. Same as if you go forwards as well, you can suddenly, this totally lost my quad stretch by leaning forwards. So um, just have a, if you can't really feel it in your quads, just keep an eye on your posture. Now posture also plays a strong part when it comes to the next one, which is the hip flexor. Now I'm gonna do this, I'll do it this way round. So one knee on the ground with a 90 degree uh, bend into my foot at the back. The other leg I've got uh, is up, knee up in the air, 90 degree bend. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna push the hip of the knee on the ground forwards. So that knee then, whoops, crikey, yeah, my balance is off. So that knee then comes over my foot for the leading knee. But again, the important part here is posture, that you've got a good posture. Because if you're rounded forwards and you do this, I've got absolutely nothing going on here. Whereas if I've got a good posture, then um, I can really feel that stretch into the hip flexor. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what else was I about to say? But what I was about to say is I'm gonna change legs. Now I'm gonna do this way uh, in a way that Eric has suggested on row one of this series. So I've not done this for yet. So it's this one I'm doing. So both feet together, 
Hang on, I'll do this. I'll come back a bit. Both feet together, step forwards, and then the back leg, keep it relatively straight, up on your toes slightly, and then again, push that hip forwards. Okay, so again, good posture. Uh, and then sink down a bit. So it's pushing and sinking. And then as you sink down, that's when you really kind of feel that stretch into, or at least I do anyway, feel the stretch into the hip flexor. And setting it up this way means I get a lot less of a lunge into this leg. When I do it, um, the, the ways I've been doing this before, the amount of force that was going into this leg was so much that I couldn't hold the stretch long enough to actually get a good stretch into that hip flexor. But now like this, I could hold this all day. Well, probably, gosh, I couldn't hold this all day. I'll fall over, but it's certainly better than it was before. Right. Oh, don't, yeah. I could hold this all day. No, I can't. So let's do our forearms next. So push your hands together in front of you and then push them down in front uh, of your belly button. Okay, so they're in front of your face in front of your belly button and carry on pushing together. And what that does is it hits right under here, right into your, your forearm, underneath your forearm, which is where you can kind of get a little bit sore when you're rowing. And also by pushing your hands together and your fingers pushing together, you can kind of straighten them up and get a nice little flex into them. Because after all, if you've just been rowing 30 minutes at 18 strokes a minute at the same pace with no real variation, you can kind of get like the claw with your, because you hook over the handle, hopefully. Um, your fingers can get a little bit crampy and kind of stuck in that position. So stretching them up like this is very good for your fingers as well as your forearms. Let's do shoulders next. So hands straight out in front of you. And then bring it across your body. Hold it against your body with the other arm. And then sing yourself a little song. Well, you don't have to. Just, I just realized that I'm saying the same thing all the time through these. The whole point of doing my, these uh, stretching things is that I realized I was ranting so much at the end of uh, my rows. I'd go on for like six, seven minutes. And then people would have to be sitting in the gym going, oh my God, he's still talking. Um, and so I thought, hey, I might as well stretch during that kind of rant. But then I'm so busy, let's change arms, so busy talking about the stretching that you have to do that I don't get a chance to rant anymore. So... I'll have to save that for the actual rows themselves from now on, I think. Just going to go off a, on a blast. I've got two standardised into talking about technique and motivation and stuff. All my kind of previous diversions about love of dead mouse and things, they seem to have gone out the window. Got to get back to that. Maybe in the next, it's all very good for this 30 days or 30 minute rows thing, but maybe in the next series I'll just say, I'm not going to talk about technique at all. I'm going to talk about drumming or I'm going to talk about how I'm learning how to code apps or whatever. Pfft, who knows? So uh, <laughs> let's do biceps next. So pretend you're a ski jumper. And then rotate your thumbs outwards. And what that does is it stretches the long head of your bicep. And that's the one that gets hit most when you're rowing. Um, and yeah, that kind of rotation. Because otherwise you are just ski jumping. But that rotation of the thumb is what uh, helps give you a nice little stretch. Again, your biceps shouldn't get a massive amount of work. Certainly at the, at the back as you pull in, there's kind of... I mean, you can actually feel... They're not particularly tense there. I don't have big biceps, but I can feel they're not really... But they definitely get work. <laughs> so, right. Uh, lastly, we're going to do triceps. So put your hand up in the air, swoop it down your back so it touches your spine. Then use your other hand to straighten up that arm so that your elbow points to the sky. And you might feel your fingers go a little bit further down your spine. Now, what you want to do position-wise here is kind of up to you. Some people I see kind of elevating their arm, kind of almost like putting the shoulder out the socket slightly to try and get a better stretch. I don't do that, but I've got rubbishy shoulders, so... Um, like all of these stretches, it's down to what works best for you, even down to this, this sequence of stretches that I do. This is what works for me, might not be what works for you. You might have a much better tricep stretch or bicep stretch that you do. Um, let's change arms. 
I'm just showing you what I do. I don't know what everyone is. So if you have a way to stretch that you prefer, or if you have like other muscles that you want to do, then don't just do the ones I do. Do the ones that are right for you. Because yeah, if it's if you've been speaking to someone, it's like you need to need to stretch your calves more, and you're like, well, that rowing guy never stretches his calves, so I'm not doing that. Then listen to your your physio or your doctor, not me. <laughs> this is just the kind of general ones. Stretch your calves, though. You might um, think that you don't. Uh, get much use out of, out of your calves when you're rowing. But just because of that kind of bending, that kind of flexing into the front, it's worthwhile stretching your calves. Just kind of, even if you go up to, I don't have a step here, maybe I'll do do one, but um, if you kind of, if you're, you stand on the edge of a, the, the very bottom stair with your toes on the stair and then like let your heels drop down while keeping a good posture, that's a really good stretch. Uh, yeah. Just as a tidbit. So there we go. So apologies, like I say, for the fact that uh, I've had a costume change in between the intro and then... In fact, I've had three costumes on for this uh, row because I've had my intro. I've had the main row from uh, 2021 in that lovely fetching orange t-shirt. It's orange one, wasn't it? Was that orange or yellow? I can't remember. Um, and then, uh, then now I'm red. So, yeah. But hey, this is the magic of, of what goes on here. Hopefully, I mean, listen, hopefully you know me enough by now that, uh, that you know that this is all kind of seat the pants stuff half the time. So um, until I can actually work out how to do this for a living, uh, then we're, you just have to put up with me being all this kind of, uh, kind of floopy way. But then would you want me to be, well, I don't I wouldn't want to be uh, totally professional and kind of like an Apple fitness workout kind of warrior. Would you, no one would want to watch me doing that. So anyway, so there we go. So that is row two of the, um, uh, what is this, <laughs> the 30 days of, 30 rows, 30 minutes, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to just kind of not make it like 30 days off because it makes it sound like you have to do all 30 or you have to do it in like 30 days in a row. That's not really the point of here. It's just there are 30 rows. You can do all 30. You can do all 30 one day after another if you want, or you can take rest days, or you can only do row one and 29 if you want, if they're the only ones that take your fancy. It's totally up to you, okay? <sighs> I'll keep on saying that all the way through this series. So um, thank you very much for doing this one. Uh, again, let me know whether you've done the row with music or the one without music. And remember, you can always tell by the thumbnail if it's got a little cartoon DJ in the bottom corner, that's the one with music. If it doesn't have the little cartoon DJ, then it doesn't have music. Hopefully that makes sense, okay? So thank you so much for watching or listening for the podcast people. Let's not forget with them. Um, yeah, because you all have music. You have no choice but to listen to the uh, random kind of uh, European dance music across it. So um, yeah, so uh, thank you so much for watching, listening or whatever. Please get in touch and let me know, let me know how you got on with this one. Uh, and I will see you in row three or in one of my other videos. Until then, take care, be well. Bye-bye.